We started last week to talk uh, for a few weeks, just for a couple of weeks. I wanted to talk to you about, about your future and about the plans that God has for your future. You know that God's plan for your future is not a bad plan. Amen. God doesn't plan to take from you. He, he plans to add to you. Yeah. Amen. So I want to talk to you today again, just in continuing up about that. And, you know, during the week I was thinking about some stuff and, and I was thinking that, you know, we all where we are where we are today because of stuff, aren't we? Many factors, yeah? You know, there's a lot of things went on in your life coming up to this point that brought you to where you are today, yeah? Made you the person that you are today, yeah? Some of them good. Some of them really good. Some of them not so good, though, yeah? We've all had stuff go on in our lives. You know what stuff is, yeah? We've all had stuff go on in our lives. And, and you know, there's so many things that brought us to where we are today that were outside of our control. I hate when things are outside of my control. You know that? I, I love when I, I'm in control. But not everything in our lives are done with us in control, yeah? I mean, you couldn't choose your parents. Maybe your parents were great. Praise the Lord if they were, but that's not everyone's experience. You couldn't choose where you were born. You couldn't, you, 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 you weren't asked where you were going to be born. That wasn't your choice. It wasn't your choice where you were going to be born. It wasn't your choice who you were going to be born to. It wasn't your choice about whether your, your dad was going to stick around or whether your dad was going to leave. It wasn't your choice whether you were born into a, a rich family or a poor family in a rich country or a poor country, none of those things were your fault. There's so many things that have gone on in your life up to this point that were out of your control. It's not your fault you were born with that disability. It's not your fault you were brought up the way you were brought up. It's not your fault, and, and you all have a, a blank there that you can fill in. You didn't pick where you were going to be born, who you were going to be born to, whether your family was rich or poor or you know, if you grew up in a poor family, I'm sure you looked at families that were well off and you thought to yourself, why couldn't I just have been born into a family that was well off? But the truth is, you had no input into the decisions that were made for you when you were a child in your upbringing. And I know every one of us has some regrets in our lives. Some things that we did as we grew up, when we finally got control of our own lives as we talked about Dane's 21st today and, and he becoming a real person as such. But, you know, when you become a real person, now you make real decisions. And those real decisions have real consequences. And I, and I know every one of us has made decisions in our lives that we regret. Relationships that we wished we hadn't gone into. Leaving school before our education was completed or not going to college or going to the wrong college, doing the wrong course, maybe dropping out of college, taking up that habit. Every one of us have habits, I know, that we have in our lives that we wished we'd never taken up, getting involved with those people. Any of this sort of stuff ringing a bell this morning with anybody? Get involved with people in the past when you were younger, you ran with the wrong crowd is what we would say. These are all things that we wished we hadn't have done. Times that we wished that we had said no, but we said yes, even going against our better judgment. And we're still living with the consequences of those yeses today. So many regrets for decisions that we made that are still impacting our lives 
today, holding us back from excelling in life and becoming the person that we know that God has created us to be. They say that life begins at 40. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, praise God. <laughs> they weren't meant to laugh there. They say that life begins at 40, but unfortunately for many people, they feel that their lives finished in their 20s. Well, here's the bad news. I don't own a DeLorean car. Now, we could all get into this morning and go back in time and change the things that we wished we hadn't have done in the past, change the decisions that we wished we hadn't have made. We can't go back in time and change anything that we've done in our past. But here's the good news. Today, we can press reset on our current lives. We can reset our current lives. We can say that what happened in the past is in the past, and I'm leaving it in the past. And today, we can start to become the person that God created us to be. You see, I think in pictures. When I think of stuff, I think in pictures, you know. I'm a visual kind of a person that way. When, when someone says something to me, I like to picture it in my head. When I'm reading a book or reading a newspaper, I like to, to get that picture of, of things in my head. And when I think of all of the stuff, all of the history that we all have, I see it as weighing us down. I see the history that we have as weighing us down. All the things that we are still carrying in our lives from our past. Anybody ever wish they didn't go to Ikea? <laughs> Praise God. One of the biggest regrets. I'd like a time machine to go back and not buy some of the stuff I've bought in Ikea in the past. <laughs> or that time when, if you're a Friends fan, I know it's kind of topical at the moment, but you remember that time where Joey wore all of Chandler's clothes? <laughs> Try doing that for a few days and you'd understand what it's like to be weighed down. When I think about the stuff that we have going on in our lives from the past, I see us being weighed down by the weight of our history, by the weight of the things that we've done in the past. And, and I see when we're weighed down by the stuff in our history that we can't live our lives out the way God wants us to live our lives out. Jesus came to set us free, didn't he? So why then still today are we still living under the weight of the things that we've done in the past? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22 tells us to put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you would put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You know there's many animals that shed their skin. Crabs shed their skin. Frogs, I hate frogs. But frogs actually shed their skin. Some snakes shed their skin. I watched a video there recently of this, this giant elk shedding its antlers. You know what it did? It just started to shake its head violently from side to side for about a minute until it eventually shook off those old antlers to allow the new antlers to grow. And I thought when I was watching that, you know what? 
God wants us to shake off our past. Shake off our past. Why do animals shed their skin? Why do uh, the elk shed its antlers? Because there's new growth. Amen? There's new things coming from. And I know that God wants us to shake off our past. Because our past is what's holding us back. Amen? We need to shake it off. Shake off those past wounds. Amen? Shake off those past hurts. Shake off those past sins that keep us, dragging us back to a time and a place that we no longer belong to. We need to shake it off. Amen? And God knows that shaking these things off is not going to be easy. Amen? It's not like taking your overcoat off and, and just hanging it up and walking away from it. It's not going to be easy. Nobody said that shaking off your past was going to be easy or it was going to be a one-time motion. Verse 22 says, then again, it says that you are to put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which goes corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. You are to put it off. You are to remove it. You are to leave it behind. You are to leave behind this old you which only gets more and more selfish and more and more rotten. You are to put it off. Amen? And sometimes, you know what, we probably, again, I think visually, and sometimes I think we need to act physically as well. Sometimes we need to say to ourselves, you know what, I am physically removing this whatever the blank is. And even sometimes maybe it'd be helpful for you if you have some, a coat on or something to say, I'm taking this coat off and this coat is symbolic of what's holding me down. And take it off. Maybe let it be an old coat. Give it to St. Vincent de Paul or something like that. Praise God. But take it off. Amen? And be renewed, verse 23 says, in the spirit of your mind. The contemporary English version says it this way. It says, let the spirit change your way of thinking. Let the Spirit of God change the way you think. Amen? Oh, glory to God. I wished every, every one of us when we came into a relationship with Jesus that we had some way of just getting rid of all the stuff that had gone on in our lives in the past and just starting from there, from scratch. Verse 24 says, And then you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul was saying, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, that we are to put off, to remove the way we used to live before we came to know Jesus. And we are to put on this new man that we are now given through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Put it off. Put off the old man. Get rid of the old man. Open up that door and say, out you go. And let the new man in. Amen? And you renew your mind with the Word of God. You know how important it is to renew your mind with the Word of God? You see, you can come into a relationship with Jesus, become a new creation, but you can decide to stay where you were and everything else. Amen? Keep doing the things that you've done before you came into the relationship with Jesus, but God doesn't want you to do that. Amen? When you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, God wants you to renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? Through the Word of God. 
Reading the Irish Independent is not going to renew your mind. Amen. <laughs> Reading the Murr, the Sun, or the Daily Mail is not going to renew your mind. Okay, you might be up to date with what's going on in the world, but it's not going to renew your mind. Only thing that's going to renew your mind is the Word of God. Amen. We are to put off the old man and we are to put on the new man. Where do you find the new man? In the Word of God. Amen. Amen. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ for any length of time, you should not still be doing the things that you were doing before you came into a relationship with Jesus. Your life should today be reflecting your new relationship with Jesus. Amen. Do you know that? I don't know whether it's the same today. But years ago, people knew if you didn't have a girlfriend. You know where I'm going with this? Because if you didn't have a girlfriend, you more than likely didn't look after yourself. Praise God. You didn't cut your hair. You didn't probably wash your hair. Praise the Lord. You didn't shower. Uh, you probably didn't cut your nails or brush your teeth. And you smelled like roadkill, praise God, uh, and, and you looked like something from a, a horror film, and that's how people knew you didn't have a girlfriend. But when you got a girlfriend, people knew. Oh, they knew. Because this old, this, this, this fella that never used to wash himself, brush his hair, wash his hair, change his clothes, smell like roadkill, never brush his teeth, all of a sudden he starts washing himself. All of a sudden, he, he, he brushes his hair, washes his hair, gets his hair cut. All of a sudden, he starts to wear clean clothes. You see, it was a dead giveaway if you had a girlfriend, you started to take care of yourself. People knew. Well, if you didn't, praise God, you didn't have a girlfriend for very long. Amen? Certain standards. People knew. Amen? If you would come into a relationship with a girlfriend. How much more would people or should people know when we come into a relationship with Jesus? Amen? If they can tell if you got a girlfriend, how much more should they be able to tell when you come into a relationship with Jesus? Amen? You see, our lives need to reflect our relationship with Jesus. Amen? When, when you got a girlfriend, your life changed. Everybody noticed. So how much more when you came into a relationship with Jesus, should your life change and everybody should know. Amen? Amen? The old man. That wants to keep you living in the old ways. Doing the same things that you used to do before you came to Jesus. But we can't stay living the life of the old man, can we? Not when we come into a relationship with Jesus. We can't. When you come to know Jesus, you can't continue in the old man ways. Romans chapter 6 and verse 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Amen? It was done away with. And because of that, we should no longer be slaves to the sins of of the old man. Amen. Amen. Amen? Praise God. When you came to Jesus, your old man was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Amen? Amen? Crucified with Jesus. So that from that day on, when you come into a relationship with Jesus, you're a new creation. Amen? 
You are no longer a slave to sin. You are no longer the old man. You are the new man. Amen. The reset button was pressed. Amen. You have been set free. You know, so many people live their lives in reverse. You know anyone like that? I do. I know people who live their lives in reverse. They, anytime you talk to them, all they want to talk about is the stuff that went on in the past. All they want to talk about is the, the letdowns, the disappointments, the hurts, the abandonments. All they want to talk about is that stuff. They don't want to talk about anything that's going on now. They don't want to talk about future. They don't, they don't even think about future. They're just existing. You know, you can't live your life in reverse. No more than you can drive a car down the road looking in the rearview mirror. You will not get very far. Amen? If you want to go forward in life, you've got to look forward. Amen? If you're looking back all the time, you ain't going very far. Amen. Amen. We cannot live our lives in reverse. We have to stop focusing on the things that are in our past and start looking to the things that God has for us in our future. Amen. Amen. Don't let your past be an anchor for you. You know what an anchor is for, yeah? An anchor is to hold you fast where you are. And that's what your past wants to do. It wants to hold you fast where you are today. God is not that anchor for your life, amen? Oh, He is an anchor for stability in your life, but He's not an anchor holding you back, amen? God wants to see you move forward. He wants to see you advance, amen? God wants to see you come into everything that He created you to be. You know, God is not holding your past sins against you. You know that, don't you? So many people think that, well, God is looking at my past failures, looking at my past sins. God is not holding your sins against you. God doesn't troll through the pages of your life looking back at your faults, your faults and your failings and the things that you should have done and didn't do in the past. God is not looking at your past failures to remind you of those past failures. You know that, don't you? And when, when, when you're reminded of your past failures, it's not God. Amen? God doesn't do that. That's the enemy. The enemy stays up all night looking back at your past failures, looking at something to remind you of. That's not what God does. Amen? Amen? The Apostle Paul put it great when he said over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and in verse 9, he said, For I am the least of all the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul was saying, in my past, I tried everything in my power to destroy the move of God. I tried everything to, to get the followers of Jesus arrested, thrown into jail, even executed. That's what I did in my past, I was fervent about destroying the move of God. He said, I am the very least of all the apostles. He called himself the chief of all sinners. But verse 10, he said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Can I tell you today, when you came into a relationship with Jesus, God poured out his grace on you. And you are what you are today. Not by your own strength or goodness. You are what you are today by the grace of God. 
And that same grace of God has a future for you, has a plan for you. That same grace of God has eradicated your past and has set you up in a future to become everything that God created you to be. But by the grace of God, he said, I am what I am. He said, Jesus has wiped my slate clean. Your slate is clean. You know that, don't you? Do you know your sins are forgiven? You know that, don't you? And you know they are, they're wiped clean. There is no filing cabinet in heaven with your name on it jam-packed full of lists of all your sins. You know that, don't you? You have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. Before Jesus called his apostles, you know, they were a, a ragtag bunch of men. You know that, don't you? Mostly fishermen. About eight of them were probably fishermen. A few tradesmen and a tax collector just thrown in there for good measure. But Jesus brought these men out of their own lives and he showed them what it was like to live a kingdom life. But after Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected, some of his apostles, eight of them, went back to their old lives. They went back fishing, including Peter. But here's the great thing. If Jesus brought you out of your old way of life once, he'll do it again. If you go back fishing, if you go back to where you were in the past after you come to know Jesus, Jesus won't leave you there. Amen? He'll go looking for you. Amen? He'll go looking for you. He'll never leave you behind. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. Amen? He'll leave the 99 to go look for the one. If he rescued you once, he'll do it again. Amen? One morning after they had finished fishing all night, they were about to finish up for the day, the resurrected Jesus visited them right there on the shore. Jesus shouted out to them. He said to them, Have you any fish? They didn't. John chapter 21 says, And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast the net and now they were able to, they were, sorry, so they, so they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. It was at this point, only at this point, that the penny dropped with Peter. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And then they came to shore and they sat down and they had breakfast with Jesus. And I'm sure all through the breakfast, Peter was thinking, he's going to have a go at me now. Because my last interaction with him was denying him. So all through breakfast, I'm sure Peter was sitting there thinking, he's going to have breakfast. Then he's going to clean my clock. Then he's going to remind me that I denied him. Remind me that I abandoned him. All through breakfast. Verse 15 says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, here we go. He's going to remind him of all the things that he just did, denying him. He's going to sort him out. I can imagine Peter, I, 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 again, I think in pictures. I'm, I'm picturing this as I talk to you. Peter's sitting there preparing himself for discipline. Here we go. Jesus opens up his mouth and he says, Do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. 
And he said to him, feed my lambs. So instead of Jesus scolding Peter and reminding him of his past failures, Jesus done something that must have blown Peter's mind. He commissioned him. Gave him a job. Told him to go everywhere and tell everyone the good news about him. Church, God never looks at your past. He never looks at your past. Whether it was 10 years ago or 10 minutes ago, he doesn't look at your past. Church, God doesn't remember your past. He doesn't remember your past. He has given you gifts and put a calling on your life. And because of that, he will never take it back. Amen? God will never take it back. Many times when a team loses a game, you know what the coach will do then? He'll sit down to players after the game and he'll replay the game. You ever, ever seen that? He'll sit them all down in a big conference room and they'll play the game out from start to finish and the coach then will point out all the mistakes the players made. And he will point out each individual player and say, you've done this wrong, you've done that wrong, because of that mistake you made, we conceded another goal. You keep on doing that wrong and you're off the team. That's what happens. And that's what the enemy does in our lives. He has us in a place where he is constantly reminding us of our past failures. He does it every day. When we lie down at night, the enemy will show us a, a constant replay of all of the mistakes that we did that day. And when he's done with that replay, oh, he goes into the archive. He pulls out your historical mistakes. And he reminds you of your historical mistakes, things you've done wrong 10 years ago, 20 years ago. The enemy will never allow you to forget your past mistakes, but we don't serve the enemy, do we? Amen? We don't serve the enemy. We serve the living God. Amen? And if all of the voices you're hearing in your life is the enemy's voice, well then again, you need to start jumping in and start listening to God's voice. Amen? Amen? The enemy doesn't have the right to continue to remind you of your past failings. Amen? We serve the living God. And he says in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12 in the living Bible, he says, and I will be merciful to them in their wrongdoings, and I will remember their sins no more. It's not that God is old and he's forgetful. God chooses to remember our sins no more. When you come into a relationship with Jesus, God remembers your sins no more. When Jesus died on that cross, you know, when Jesus died on that cross, the last thing he said was, it is finished. You know what that actually means? Oh yeah, it means it was finished, but what Jesus actually said, the words he said, and I, I can't remember what they were, the words that he said actually mean that it was fully paid for. The debt was paid. Completely. Wiped out. Done. What debt? Your sin debt. That enables God to remember your sins no more. Church, there is a fight going on for your future between the abundant life that God wants to give you 
and the destruction that the enemy wants to bring on you. Deuteronomy 30 in verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you both, you and your descendants may live. God wants us to choose life. Not that death or destruction that the enemy wants to bring to you. Amen? Church, you cannot change your past. That's a fact. But you can determine your future. Your book is unfinished. You can choose how your story ends. You need to allow God to steer your future. You know, the fact is that the enemy is fighting really hard to destroy you. But that fact that he's fighting so hard to destroy you means that God is fighting so hard to bring out the potential in you. Isaiah 43 and verse 18 says, Forgetting the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the past. The past is in the past. We've got to leave the past where it belongs in the past. We should live our lives inhabited, completely inhabited by the Word of God. Make no room for the enemy to speak in your life. Amen? Don't allow the enemy to keep reminding you of the stuff you did in the past. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 8, it says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Isn't that great? God remembers our sins and our lawless deeds no more. Funny story before we close. I was in an electrical shop a few weeks ago. One of those ones that, that, that takes trade-ins on stuff. And, and as I was there, just rooting through stuff, I don't know what it was even. But a guy came in with a laptop under his arm to trade in. And me being um, an observant person, they're just great hearing, I don't know which. <laughs> the guy brought the laptop in, brought it up to the, to the attendant. And he handed it to him for an evaluation. So the attendant looked at the computer and he opened it up and had a look, see what model it was and was ready to determine a value of the computer. But just as he was about to determine the value of the computer, the, the guy who brought it in said, that's not my computer, he said. It's my son's computer. And he said, and get this, he said, he says, I don't know what's on there. I don't know what he's been looking at. I have no idea. So he said, just before he made the deal, he was trying to make sure that whatever was on that computer wasn't going to get him in trouble. But the attendant said to him, and this is so, this is, this is so good, the attendant said to him, you don't need to worry, he said. We have a machine here that if we buy this computer off you today, will completely erase the history of this computer. So they've done the deal. And it just really got me thinking. When we came into a relationship with Jesus, he completely erased our history. Amen? We don't have to worry about the things that we did in the past. God is not holding our past against us. Amen? God has connected us to that machine. You know what that machine is? The blood of Jesus Christ. He connected us to that machine and He completely erased our history. He says, your sins and your lawless deeds I will remember no more. We've got to position ourselves, church, into a place where we allow God to press that reset button. 
And we've got to get to a place where the only voice we're hearing in our lives is the Word of God. Amen? God wants to advance you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bring you into that abundant life that His Son Jesus came and died to give you. Amen?